everybody. It's another special episode of Not Your Average Citizens. This is a mini-sode dedicated to the Avengers of K-pop, Super M. Woo! Woo! Uh, <laughs> today, it's just me and Jimin. Hi, guys. And we're going to go over the songs, the lyrics, the showcase, the lives. Everything's going to be dropping today. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. All right. So um, on that note, I think the first place we want to start is the obvious place, the music video for their brand new title track slash single, Jopping. So we're going to go ahead and start there. Oh, that started quick. Yeah. (laughs) So they clearly, Capitol Records clearly put money into this music video. Yes. When I saw this, I just saw funds. I just said, that was the first thing I said. You know what, though? I kind of felt like early 2000s sci-fi, like, you know, with Scream, with Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson especially, Mm -hmm. I felt that kind of influence on this. Yeah, for sure. I like I think Lee Suman is like stuck in perpetually in the 90s because <laughs> mm-hmm. all of his music kind of has the same sort of melody same I guess breakdown in terms of the talent in the group thing mm-hmm. sort of like he's really big on bass and like even though camera work reminded me a lot of Scream yes I would tend to agree with that I like this part I wish this more really to me (laughs) this like little beat right here is kind of my least favorite part of the song even though it's most of the song it's like the beat under the verses is my least favorite i i like it because i feel like it grounds the song like no matter where in the song you are it's kind of still the same Mm. and i feel like so much of the music today isn't like that that it it kind of like makes me like it even more you Mm -hmm. know kai surprisingly was not my least favorite person in this group and he usually is my least favorite person in, in exo oh i don't like kai um but yeah i don't know i really i like i kind of like it i will I, say yeah. i will say that i i think this is a really probably going to be a really good song in concert like you know you always want to kind of like start your concert off with like a big a song that just sounds robust you know and this song it might not be my favorite song so far just listening to it but it's definitely got that like hype vibe that they were going for yeah you know what that's that's actually what I thought as well too it was like more of a stadium performance song than something that really highlights I think their their talent as well as it could um, mm-hmm. and it is kind of basic on that level too but it's basic enough for everybody to kind of like like it it's not offensive in any right and I saw someone say that SME was moving, like, people thought they were going to do, like, copying, something to copy BTS more so. But someone was like, oh, no, it looks like they're trying to fill the, the big bang void. And I can see that. Because, like, there's huh. a lot of chanting in the chorus, especially. Mm-hmm. And, like, easy to, like, sort of copy. Like, the chorus dance moves are pretty basic enough for you to, like, copy it. And it has mm-hmm. that big stadium feel. Like, big band always makes great music for a stadium. Like, for everybody to jump around to, dance to, have a good time to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what they were trying to get with this. I can sort of see that. Of course, you know, you're talking to somebody who's not extremely familiar with Big Bang's live performances. So yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be able to like, you know, really get in and compare. But I will say, just kind of to touch on a couple things as we're watching the video, like there's this distinct, like when you're talking about the whole 90s feel, it's yeah. like a very distinct, obviously Taman doing his best Michael Jackson impression. Of course. Um, but there's this feeling of like 
boy bands of old that I kind of like. It kind of works, I think, for Super M. You know this guy, Ten? Okay, I don't really know NCT at all. But he really stands out a lot in this music video for me. Like, I had no idea who he was at all. But I was just like, oh. Like, for me, if I had to rank them, it would be like Taemin, Kai, which is surprising, um, Baekhyun, Ten, Mark, Lucas, and then Taeyang. Okay. I would, if I had to rank, if I'm just like basing off of this music video and like what captivated me, by the way, the music video just ended and um, we're going to give thoughts about that in a second. But if I had to rank based on like who captivated me the most, I think I would go Taemin number one. And I think, I think Taemin, I I would say that he's tied at his number one spot, but I think it's, he's pretty solidified there. But I think after Taemin, I think if I had to put at the bottom in terms of like being captivated, if I'm just going off of this music video, Lucas would be towards the bottom for me. Um, I just feel like the video and the song didn't highlight what Lucas's strengths are. And it really didn't even have much of him involved. I think it didn't like it didn't have 10 didn't have as many lines either, but he still got to showcase like his energy at least and his persona, you know? Yeah. And Um, he had that solo. Exactly. And Lucas didn't really do anything like he had that part after like I do like the part when he's like um when it kind of like you know me I love like build-ups like especially instrumental build-ups mm-hmm. um like so I like that part when it's like drop it and like you know the instrumental like the melody and stuff like that starts to build and he was talking and I was like that's a good part like it's a, actually like a really solid part in the song but that's the only time I can kind of think of him in this music video right I, yeah. I I think in terms of who I think of the most, I think of Temi and I think of yeah. um, Mark and Baekhyun. Yes. Mark, <laughs> he shined so much in this song. Like his his whole vibe. I, I know a lot of people love in terms of like between Taeyong and Mark, people prefer Mark's rapping. I do. I, I personally, when the seventh sense, the seventh sense was the first NCT song I heard. And when yes. that song first came out, I will say that uh, I preferred, I think I preferred Taeyong. And I know I don't know if it was because I watched the music video with it. So I was able to see the visuals. And obviously, I think Taeyong is very visual. <laughs> and yes. that could be what it was for me. But yeah. he it was something about him that kind of stood out more to me than Mark in that particular instance, even though I will say that everybody remembers long ass right. That's <laughs> that's and Mark's like icon. <laughs> <laughs> that's his staple, right? Um, but it's so funny how this was kind of the opposite for me where I felt like Mark just really took over. Like he just shined so much. He took over this song and his, even his verse and his verses, I should say, um, they were smart. I thought, you know, uh, you know, sometimes when you hear rapping in a K-pop song, it doesn't matter if it's, if you're reading the lyric translations or if the rap is in English, it's just kind of like basic and reductive, right? It's like the same rhymes or it's not, it doesn't really mean anything to you. But for some reason, I I really feel like the lyrics that Mark was spitting, it really went very well with the theme of- Yeah, I would say that um, in terms, if we're looking at groups, I would say Baps Wake Me Up was definitely um, a song where the lyrical content, the music video, everything sort of came together. Mm -hmm. And that was also when Jungkook, their leader, came back from like a mental health leave too. 
And so the song touches a lot on mental health and just being unhappy and with the world and, you know, just in your lives and things like that. So I would say, like, I feel like there are, you know, sprinkled <laughs> in the midst of Yeah, exactly. Or like controversial. But Zico's um, Auntie, was, I thought was a fantastic song that really did touch on because it's supposed to be like Stan, like the opposite of Stan. Mm-hmm. Um, like Eminem stand and yeah, the yeah. video itself really sort of it wasn't like a it wasn't like stand where it was so visual but it had enough metaphors in the visuals to sort of like connect to the lyric the lyrical content anyway so mm-hmm. I do understand what you mean though like with this song and um oh my hot take <laughs> yes <laughs> That's what I was like it, it kind of came to you at the end of that thought there um so <laughs> did you see the twitter our Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, so you know who else released the song this week um, at the same time? It's Super Junior. Oh, Stooge. Yeah, they sure did. And I think I I honestly still like it better than Dropping. I'm not going to lie. And I was like, so I tweeted, I was like, I can't remember what I said, but I did. I, it was more along the lines of like, Jimin's going to roast me for this when she finds out. <laughs> 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 because I honestly like, especially on the first listen of the song of dropping i was just like i listened to them both back to back and i was like wow like mm-hmm. dropping is just flopping like that's what was my first thought about it because it didn't build up it, like it didn't it didn't um sort of come to that that hype or to meet up the, to the expectations that we ex- like that i expected for it so no i mean definitely yeah. i will I, I have to agree there on first listen I was not excited about this. Well, I'll say this. The, the teasers did not leave me excited. Um, and uh, I mean, okay. I, I was excited for the music video because I knew it was going to be great. But the actual song, I was kind of like, hmm, I have to, you know, see. Yeah. And now that I've heard the song, the first listen did not go well. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought it was an okay <laughs> song. But uh, for me, I just felt like it was pretty average, you know? But the more I listen to it, the more I can kind of understand why it was so selected as a title track. I mean, not only are all seven members given some sort of lines in it, exactly. um, but it's also a situation where it fits their theme of what their group is. And I also feel like the song itself is, like you said, it's not offensive. And well, whereas I don't want to spoil anything, but I could see why other things weren't chosen, even though... I would argue that they're way better than this particular song is. Um, I mean, it felt like a K-pop song to me. And I think it definitely, I, I noticed a lot of other people talked about it and they seem to really enjoy it. I just think that for me, it's not my style. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of why is because it's, it's not because a lot of people, when it, I remember when it leaked, now I'm gonna uh, be transparent here. I only got to see like sort of the remnants of that leak. You know, I was busy when it leaked, and so I only got to see people just kind of talking about it and trending it or whatever. And the way people were making the song out to be was not what it ended up being, in my opinion. I didn't think it was extremely like so-called bad, but I, I did think it was a little bit noisy. I, it wasn't all over the place as all over the place as I thought it was going to be. It, I think the transition from the buildup from the verses into the transition to the chorus made sense. Yes. The bridge felt 
like very breathy and like airy, whereas the rest of the song was kind of congested with all of these sounds. Yes. And and I'm one of the few people who thought that the horns worked. I really I liked the horns. I felt I like it, it gave that superhero feel. It felt like you were watching literally an Avengers movie when you That's- heard that. Especially, like, when they were in the stadium and, like, you saw, like, the, I don't know, digital people or whatever. And they were, like, millions and millions of these these little blue dots or whatever. And, like, they're dancing in the middle. It did mm-hmm. feel like, as you said, like a superhero movie. Like, you were watching The Avengers. Honestly, it felt actually, like, now that I think about it, it was very similar to the theme song for The Avengers. Oh, the, yeah, it, it is. It is. It definitely is. And you know yeah. what else? I thought that... You know, people had comments about the styling. I like the all black outfits. I like the styling in the scene where Mark is doing his little opinionated, but always spitting straight facts. Right. Yes. I really, really <laughs> like the outfits there. I thought their hair worked. I mean, I don't prefer pink hair. So no offense to Beckyon, I just don't prefer pink hair. In general, most idols can't pull it off. In fact, there's only one idol that I've seen that really did pull it off. And we're not going to mention any names or any groups because <laughs> I don't want to offend anyone's sensibilities. But um, I just didn't, that didn't work for me. But I think that in general, the styling worked. There, there was so much money poured into this video. I really liked, I will say this, the, the scene where Kai throws the lightning bolt. I love that scene. It reminded me of uh, like Tron or something. Yes. That's actually like what I was thinking of Tron. And I was thinking of like all those like early, like late 80s, early 90s sort of sci-fi um, films. Like, um, ugh. now, of course, all of them have escaped me. But after this podcast, <laughs> they're going to come to my mind. You know, the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger where Terminator. No, no, no. Well, Terminator, oh. obviously. But they did a remake with Kate Beckinsale. Uh, total Recall. So like Total okay. Recall and mm-hmm. um the movie Tom Cruise <clears throat> where they can predict crimes. Minority and, Report. There you go. Oh my goodness. And like Dark City and like all of and Tron as you mentioned, like all of these like like ooh, we think the future, we think the 2000s are going to look like this and obviously it didn't happen. But <laughs> it's just more of the 90s. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's just our idea of like what the future is going to be like. And I like that. And like you know like call it nostalgia or whatever but you know what if music anyways is like already doing the 90s nostalgia right yeah. now machine r&b why can't like k-pop <laughs> you know, right like, yeah i mean like, there's this idea of of retro futurism is yeah. what it is and and usually when we think retro futurism we actually think you know the 50s with like steampunk you know we don't really think of retro as being the 90s because it's still so close right we're still so it's still so recent yeah Mm. um but I think that we're slowly kind of creeping up into like the the years where the 90s is becoming more and more retro and there were ideas of the future back in the late 80s and the early 90s specifically if you look at things like back to the future future. um, (laughs) (laughs) there's these ideas of what 2015 through like 2020 was going to be and I like that this song is like making that sort of callback uh, or this music video and I would actually like to see more of that in music videos um going forward I really like sci-fi though I'm I'm kind of a sci-fi nerd I really like stuff like that and so and I feel like they had the budget to make it look you know pretty good I think for a music video it felt almost like it had a cinematic quality to it yeah, um, no, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So like it, it like it, if you look at some boy groups right now, they're trying to make things that are more I don't know, like more accessible, more like 
you know, we're young, you're young, let's have a good time and partying, whatever. And I like that this was kind of like, we're bad bitches, you know? Yeah. Like, we're going <laughs> to give you bad bitch music. <laughs> and it's like, I, what, what I really appreciate about it is like, I, I'm, I'm going to get into this more later when we talk more at length about the group and, and the things that they're putting out. But what I really do appreciate about Lee Suman or even, you know, all of his entire team and his production staff from the songs to the music videos to the concepts of the groups is one thing you can say is that they're not afraid to experiment. Like even with Red Velvet, for example, and like what they've been doing, I might not be a fan of it, but it's something that really is experimental. Zim's album is pretty experimental. It's something that I don't think I would ever actually listen to, but I can appreciate it for the attempt at some form of artistry, which you can't say, like you said, a lot of people these days, a lot of artists in general, it's more about like being relatable or being, trendy or whatever, whereas with SM, and I think it could be because they're such a big company, they have so, so much money, um, they're just not afraid, like NCT is is in shiny and like FX, like these groups are all very experimental, and hey. the music they do, especially NCT, is like noise, right, to most yeah. people. <laughs> Shiny is like on the fringes of what's accessible, right? Even with EXO, now I think, sorry, I just had this idea, like even with EXO, when they debuted with Mama, that was kind of, Mama was a very experimental sound. It I definitely think. was. Wolf it was kind of creepy. Well, and like, <laughs> I think EXO's only really became mainstream since they became famous. The mm-hmm. beginning of their career is like, Mama, Is This Love, uh, Wolf, like these are yeah. kind of weird sounding songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these like, are and the, even yeah. the entire concept of them being in those robes and stuff. Yeah, like enchanting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to ask, like, what was Lisa Mon thinking? What were the, the production staff at SM thinking? But I think it worked because I think I think that's part of the draw of SM groups is they can do both and do them well. And I'm saying other companies can't. I'm not saying that at all, but I will say that JYP has never really even tried to me, in my opinion, to do something as experimental. And I can see why there's really no company that has the money that SM has. And then YG has always been more of a subculture kind of company where they're they're doing like there's a clear hip hop influence that they're going for that they've always gone for. All of their groups have that. They make music like and or even with what Minho does does, like in his um sort of solo music mm-hmm. like it's not it's not like it's hip-hop obviously and like whatever but I feel like as long as you're cool and you're confident in what you're doing yeah they want you to work there you know and, and, you know it's so funny that you say that because I remember we had this conversation a while ago and we were comparing like Big Bang to Suju and Shiny and EXO and you know the big groups of um, SM and I remember there that and and we were also comparing them to BTS and I remember that there was this comment and I think I said something along the lines of it just seems like Big Bang like has so like when they perform it's very different from watching SM groups where it's like I feel like SM groups they do kind of have a focus on perfection whereas yes. like Big Bang will sit there and like not even say the lyrics like they won't even <laughs> It's just like the the energy they give off is so laid back. And that's one thing that even though, like I said, I've never really been too much into Big Bang, but I like um, when I watch them on award shows um, and they seem like so confident, so laid back. It's just natural the the entertaining the entertainment aspect to their that group and it's different from like a super group like Super M where even though they're all seasoned for the most part, I mean, 
even they're, they're the youngest member in this group has debuted like five times. Exactly. So, <laughs> so even though they're like a seasoned group, they still kind of have this like focus on let's Perfect. hit the choreography white, let's get all the lyrics right. Whereas Big yeah. Bang is just so laid back and it's so chill. And, and I like that feeling, actually. I, I really like that. And and that's kind of like what I like with Big, I love with Big Bang, obviously. And I mean, if Super M could get to that point, I would actually really enjoy it. Yeah. More if they could like, you know, shake off the shackles of like this perfect choreography because we know mm-hmm. they can dance like, dance yeah crap. it's obvious you have Heyman, you have kai you have Dayan, like 10 like, like you obviously can dance. dance we know you guys can dance it's okay you don't have to prove <laughs> it let's <laughs> just see them perform like some of these songs um without any choreo and or maybe like half the choreo and like maybe moving around and like seeing having a good time with people mm-hmm. i would like i honestly i feel like that would be one of just just the best things to come out of Super M. Yes, yes. It's so funny it. that we're having this conversation because when I I was watching an EXO uh, concert and I believe yeah. they were doing they were doing an acoustic set. I first and foremost, <laughs> EXO <laughs> is so multi-talented, but I wanna say this. One thing that I noticed is like when they were doing that acoustic set, they had Chaniel on the guitar, yes. you know, Dio was crooning. I, I think one thing that I noticed is that they just seemed a little bit more real if that makes sense yeah it just seemed, yeah it, it was it was so nice and I can see the same thing like when I watch um particularly when I watch Jonghyun's solo performances I know a lot of people won't be familiar with some of these more obscure performances but um there's like uh, a song that were because I don't a lot of people might not know this but Taemin plays piano and so he was playing um the piano for a song that Onu sang oh, and nice. Yeah, and and one thing I like about Shiny because they are they have vocal capabilities. When they are just singing, you can feel that there's like a real passion for what they're doing. Yes. Some groups you can't feel like even even though I I joke that like I think it's Day Song and Bang. Even though I joke <laughs> that he was doing way too much. Always. There was this one performance I saw. I think it was in 2015 Mamas. I was like he's doing way too much. You could tell that he enjoys what he's doing. You yeah. just don't get that a lot in K-pop. So if Super M could like take some of the best parts of EXO, some of the best parts of Shiny, which is all parts of Shiny, in my opinion, uh-huh. and some of the best parts of NCT, which I think some of the best parts of NCT is that they have really colorful personalities. If you just watch them for a while, you'll get that, especially Mark. Mark is has a really like sunny disposition about him. And I yes. think that's why a lot of people like him because he's, he's just smiling. Yeah. yeah. He, he just seems super sweet and, and, and it seems to come from a genuine place. Yeah. And so, and 10 is amazing. 10 is so funny to me. He always says like this off the wall stuff. That's like vaguely inappropriate, but it works. I think if we could get that to just naturally shine through. And, and I noticed that bacon, he seemed very nervous if we can, you know, sort of get the nerves and the jitters out, I think that this group could really have a lot of potential performing wise. Yeah. No, I actually, I, I would love it. Like I would love to see, you know, these artists back on stage, enjoying what they do and loving what they do and, and having that be more apparent than like, Oh, look, I have swag. And I, you know, look at me and my swag. (laughs) Yes. So, the swaggiest uh, <laughs> group is is freaking Stray Kids. Anyway, <laughs> I hate Stray Kids. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> but um, with that being said, uh, that was a colorful, you know, music video for Jopping. I like that it looked exp- it looked expensive and that it went with the song. And so, I think we're ready to check out, di- do a deep dive into the rest of the album. Yes, I'm excited.
All right. Uh, with that said, we're going to uh, be watching. I can, it's a lyric video. For I know you guys won't be able to see. Well, I, I don't know if we'll be able to post this on YouTube to put the videos with it, but we're going to go ahead and listen to I Can't Stand the Rain and uh, give our thoughts. So, yeah, here we go. What do you think of this part? This like sort of robotic chant part? Um, it, it doesn't bother me, but it's mm. fine. <laughs> okay. I will say that um, I love this part, this uh, little melody part. I actually wasn't a huge fan of it. I'm going to be honest. Uh, just because uh, that falsetto, I just, I just cannot. <laughs> I like the cadence. I, I like the, I, don't, I didn't think it was necessarily too high. I really like the uh, cadence of the words. Okay. I've, I thought that it was different. And and one thing I really liked was the use of the Asia, East Asian style. Like Yes, yes. I like underneath. the instrumental. Yeah. That was the best part. But I really you know like what? This, yeah. this does sound like a string instrument. The, now that I hear it a little bit again and clearer, it definitely yeah. sounds like it could be akin to a violin yeah i kind of like this like this part the drums and instrument and like the huh. <laughs> like whatever, it, whatever going on you know it, it's such a it's such a i don't even know what to call it it's um because i don't want to just say it's african right that's not i don't think that would be accurate but it, it's it's reminiscent of something from a country from sub-saharan africa and i'll leave it at that <laughs> I think it was what there's another group who tried to do like African influence. And I think that it, this did it better. It did it more specifically. It did it more yeah. better. It did it better. So yeah. Well, I mean, and they didn't call it ethnic hip either. So <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So that is our ending of, I can't stand the rain. Um, what did we, uh, what are some thoughts and feelings about it? Uh, I think the lyrics, you know, fit the song, you know, because I thought that when I first saw I Can't Send the Rain, I assumed it was like a sad, like, or just a song about a guy being, you know, in pain because of his lover and, you know, all the other stuff. So I mean, really? like, that's, I thought when I saw the I... lyrics, you know why? Because um, the only other song that comes to mind with this is um, Rain on Me by SWV and um can you stand the rain by new edition and they're all like love-ish songs but about like <laughs> not the great days in the romance more like the the rainy the break days up, in the romance yeah. or yeah, the, not the, quite yeah. breakup not, break up, not there yeah. yet um, yeah, yeah. I, I, when i first saw the title from the song yeah i really thought it was i didn't think it was going to be like a um a sample of missy elliott <laughs> but i did think it was gonna for some reason my brain was primed to hear like oh no my brain was primed to hear that so when it came in with those um and of course i did hear the instrumental before but i completely forgot about the instrumental at that point yeah, yeah. um but i will say that when it came in with those drums it really threw me off it it, and I thought the song was going to be bare bones all throughout, but yeah. I, know, I actually really did enjoy it. I thought the lyrics made sense. Um, I My my thing with Baekhyun's voice in this song and also in Chopping, it's, it's just way too high. I feel like his natural tone and like his, his strongest tone is a little bit deeper than that. And I would have loved to hear it on a song because <laughs> I feel like they don't like, 
not just I mean obviously the girls the girls sing way too high pitch but like I a lot of the guys do too for the most part and I don't mm-hmm. know what, why like they have to do and why they have to add all that autotone like I just really don't like it uh but I mean it's not terrible it isn't terrible at all and I mean you can still hear him so I mean he still has a leg up on like Ariana Grande in that regard because you know he enunciates properly uh, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I think I would have preferred if uh, he like was just slightly lower pitched. I, I, I can see that. Yeah. Though I will say I was pleasantly surprised by his high note and dropping. I, I did yeah. think that that was impressive. It didn't seem like usually you can even without seeing someone sing, you can usually like hear and tell if they're struggling. Yeah. And it it, it didn't seem like he was probably struggling in the booth when he hit that note, but. Um, in terms of in this song, and I can't stand the rain. I think to me, honestly, he and Taman were in terms of vocals. I thought Taman edged him out in this song, particular song, but I still liked both parts. I, I didn't, I didn't walk away from it thinking, you know, oh, he's way too out of his range. It doesn't sound good yeah, yeah. or whatever. I just walked out of it thinking, I thought Taman was a little better. <laughs> I did. Yeah, and he um, was because Taman was because because Bacon was too high. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like his, like, the his tone is, like, one of my favorite things about his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what edges him out for Chen, too, um, in EXO. Um, but obviously Dio's, like, king. But <laughs> um, what I like about him is his tone. And you get his tone more in his deeper tones. Like, when he gets really high pitch, it he kind of loses it. And he kind of sounds like anybody else. Like, almost any, anybody else in that regard. I mean, yeah, he's still mm-hmm. power between behind it. And he's still, like, a great vocalist. I'm not taking anything from Baekhyun because I think he's a fantastic vocalist. But, like, okay, if you look at um, uh, Don't Mess Up My Temple. And, I mean, the mm-hmm. vocals in that are, are like, oh, gives me chills. I, I can't believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because that song starts out with Chin. Yes. But if it started with Beckyon, I feel like it would be, it would add like a layer to the song that would be sort of unprecedented. It would almost add, I, you know, I hate saying this, but yeah. there's something that is very R&B about his tone and Dio's tone, mostly Dio's, yes. I will say. Yes. But Beckyon could add like this sort of R&B sound to that, to a song that I think can't be underestimated. Whereas Chen, I feel like his vocals are more suited for I don't know. It's it's not ballads. I think. Yeah, the, like uh, yeah. Korean ballads, very specifically. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah. uh, see, the thing is, I I do agree that Beckyun's part is way better than Chen's part. But also, I feel like it had to be at the end just because you had that like boom, 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 and yes. then you had like Suo <laughs> and Dio coming in with the vocals, and and then you had um like you know like saying you're my savior and all this stuff and then Chen comes in and sorry and then Baekhyun comes in and Chen kind of like ad-libs a little bit behind him but it's it's Baekhyun's like that's yeah. that's what we're building up to it's, so I feel yeah, like yeah. why it has to be what it is mm-hmm. but like as I said like the reason that Taemin does out like he kind of edges him out in a bit is because his tone like his his tone is missing and I think that yeah. because that distinctive amazing part of his vocal is missing it, mm. it kind of it doesn't really work for me. And I mean, I, the song's not bad. It's not a bad, it's not a bad song at all. Um, it's just like, that's why, like, I, it's funny when I first listened to the mini, this was actually one of my favorite songs. And then um, like, as soon as I heard it after dropping, I was like, okay, wow, we're getting into some good songs here. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's so funny because I feel like for some, I don't know if this is just a thing with SM, but at least yeah. the albums that I've heard from SM artists, which mostly have been EXO shiny, um, 
I haven't, I will never on purpose listen to Super Junior. You couldn't pay me to. So, <laughs> um, but I, I will say it, it seems like here lately, SM and also NCT, SM has been having a habit of putting like the best song is never the title ever. Yeah. Um, whereas a lot of K-pop groups, that's the opposite. Like I would argue, a lot of people would argue, I would say, I'm not gonna say I would, but a lot of people argue that Twice's best songs are their titles. Like their albums are just average. Right. And I would argue that when I listen to, uh, different SM artists, I never, only, the only time where I felt like, cause even on move, like Taman's move album, which is to me, his best album, that's his magnum opus. Uh, that's his thriller. Like we say, um, the best song on that album, in my opinion, is Stone Heart. And probably nobody knows what that song is. And he has only performed it in concert a couple times. And that's just so shocking to me because that song is a great concert song for Taman. It's a great dancing song for Taman. And it's a um it's it's such it's like I don't even know how to describe it because it's such a cool song with what it does, with um with it how it plays around with different elements, different sonic elements. Um but with this particular song, I feel like it was, it edges out dropping mostly for me because it's so experimental. It, it it's, it's got, I would have never thought that they would have put this like type of drum beat in here. And then you've got the sort of, it's not even chanting. It's a like the huh, that part. I It's like, I didn't, when that came out at me, I was like, whoa, this song has taken a lot of turns. So I don't know. I feel like just on the on the strength of it being so experimental without being complete noise, which is, I mean, like NCT's MO, which is yeah. noise. Um, I, I thought that it, it edged out dropping. And I thought that it's the most super M song. And I'll, and I'll talk about why later. I want to, I'll say this. Jopping felt more like an NCT song. In a sense, I mean, it, it felt did. like a super M song, but it felt like an NCT song in some very distinct ways. Oh, for sure. This particular song, I think it was like a mixture of different things, which made it a super M song. But I'll get into that a lot later. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, no, um, I definitely would agree with that. And I think <clears throat> where SME kind of wins for me is they always have a melodic structure in their songs. So regardless, of, like, except for NCT, obviously, but um, regardless of where they go, um, like in, in terms of the instrumental and like and how it changes and stuff like that, I always feel like it, it always sort of like has a, a home, a ground, you know, I don't know, I just it regardless of where the song goes, it always feels like it's, you always know it's still the same song you're listening to. That's, it's not like one of those songs where like, it goes five different directions. You don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah. You're so confused. <laughs> Which was cute, like, the first couple of times that they did it, but not so much now. Yes. Yes. I totally agree. Um, so yeah, with that said, that was our review of I Can't Stand the Rain sort of review, I suppose. Um, maybe later on, like after we do all the songs, we can give a ranking. That would be yes. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so far I will say that it, it's it's either neck and neck with dropping or just, just a little bit ahead of dropping. Yeah, for me too. Because I, I, you, you have to remember, you have to divorce the music video and the choreography and all of that from Which the song. Helps. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> okay. So with that being said, I think we're going to just go ahead and move to too fast. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to turn this up because I have 
<laughs> I'm just about to say this song. Whoa. <laughs> like, this song. <laughs> I just love this. I love the song. I actually do. Girl. <laughs> and like, start. you know what? It sounds like a shiny song in the beginning. Yeah, oh my God. Yes, it's a shiny yes. song. Oh my God. I love it so much. Even like Beck, how like we talked about his tone. It's Here. coming through. Exactly. And hearing Mark sing, which he usually never sings in NCT music, so. And the instrumental. Yes, because it's a mixture between like a club vibe and like a chill riding in your car vibe. You know what kind of reminds me of? Um, I don't know if you know Jordan Knight's Give It To Me. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've heard that. Listen to that song. That's absolutely the vibe I get from this. Oh. And this part, oh my God. I was like, you know what? When I heard it and it was like, mm-hmm. girl, whatever. <laughs> I was like, listen, Bacon, you need to bring it like this every single song, okay? Yes. <laughs> and you know what? The ad libs so far, I mean, I, they fit. They're great. Oh, hold on. Lucas. Mm. It's just the way he says, because he talks things. He doesn't sing. Uh, it's just the way he talks. His deep voice goes very well with this um, song. Because everybody's singing in a normal tone. Thank yes. <laughs> this song reminds me of Shiny's Prism, where it kind yeah. of okay, I gotta I gotta listen to this part, girl. I'm sorry. Yes. This switch up. Just perfection. Ugh. Honestly. <laughs> Who else? This part, oh my goodness. This part too. Oh my god. Like, okay, so it's not the, just a bop, but yeah. it's a drop. It's yeah. Just- <laughs> <laughs> it's next level. Oh, oh my goodness. And this just like, oh my God, everything about this. Everything about the song works so well. That's why I, I know when they did the lives and they didn't do the song. <laughs> like, what? It's and you know what? We were just talking about how with SM groups, it always feels like the same song no matter what how they switch it up. The, it's so crazy because they switched the tempo, they switched the everything about this. But it's still it's still the same song. Like yes. In this part. That's definitely yeah. Mark at the end. And when he comes in with that too fast, like at the end, oh my God, let's talk about this song. The song has ended. So let's go ahead too and talk about it. It is way too short. I just, I, I'm so sad that it's over because it's such a perfect song. I mean, the Taeyeon, the, the, sorry, the Taemin, Baekhyun sort of mix up like where they do you know Taman starts bacon finishes bacon starts the second verse and then Taman finishes and then you had like mark and lucas i i actually thought other people were still in, were also in the song but you know mm-hmm. i'm happy they were not <laughs> no but this was just the perfect fit like i feel like yes four were like the best ones that you could have in the song mark was singing you had like as you said the temple changed the instrumental shifted, but the song still felt like the same, the same song. song. And it was still a bop. It was still sort of like mid to low tempo. Even when it sort of picked up a bit and you got like more of a, like a dance vibe, it still mm-hmm. kind of felt like it wasn't like doing too much. It wasn't like hype. Like it was a hype song, but it was a low, t- like a mid to low tempo hype song. And I love yes. that about it. And <sighs> the vocals. Oh my God. <laughs> like, oh my <laughs> God. We talked about tone. His tone was perfect. He was just, what he needed to do. He came through and he slapped me. That's what happened. <laughs> and you know what? Like this, everything, I just can't even form a thought because the song was literally the perfect song. Like I, I would, I, okay, this is a, an extremely hot take. Okay. I would venture to say this is one of the best songs I've heard this year. Oh, it absolutely is. 
it's everything about the song it, it's it's such a first and foremost a quintessential shiny song i mean yes. it sounds a lot like if you heard it, prism it sounds a lot like yes. prism in that sense it's got everybody's vocals were just on point and you know what i noticed i could be wrong because i could be misremembering but there was no real rap part in this song no, there, there was no rap it. It and, was like and it, talking and singing. <laughs> yeah, it goes to show you that you don't need a rap in a K-pop song for the song to be a great song. Exactly. I just, SM knew what they were doing with this. I need to look up the produ- the producers on this song and everything because I want to give them that proper credit. Um, hopefully by next episode, I will have that information. Um, because right now I'm just on a high from this song. It's... It, yeah, I don't even know if there's any more words we can say about it besides <laughs> it's like leaps and bounds above Jopping. Not saying Jopping was a bad song. This was just so good. Like it was just so next level. Jopping did what it needed to do to introduce the group, but yes. this was a song that really highlighted their talents, I feel. Like it it just put it on display and it said, look, you can say whatever you want about, you know, the money being thrown, you know, dropping itself, um, the whole Avengers, whatever. But you cannot deny that these are talented members. Like, you can't deny that they're good at what they do at the very least. And here is a song that perfectly exemplifies, the, like, how good they are. Mark singing, you know, Lucas rap talking, sort of singing. Uh-huh. But, like, it also <laughs> works, too. You know, like, I wouldn't, like, for me, you know, usually in like a song where, you know, you have more than like four members <laughs> or even more than three sometimes, mm-hmm. there's always that one person, the weakest link. There usually is. I don't feel like there's a weakest link in this. Oh. Even with as good as as Timon and Bacon are, I don't think there's a weakest link. I just feel like everybody's fantastic. <laughs> yes. The, yeah. it, it's so it's so crazy that this was like one of the least likely lineups that I would have put together in my head. Yes. Like, I, if anything, because I feel like you just have, like, Taman and Lucas are, to me, like, the exact opposites in many ways. And so to put them all on one track, it you would have never, it's so unprecedented. And there's, and this song is also about the little things. It's not just the big major shifts, the beat switch-ups and things like that. The ad-libs were great. They weren't overdoing it, but at the same no. time, it was still, like, catchy ad-libs that you can learn and memorize if you wanted to. And you know what? Okay, this is going to be, I don't know if this is a hot take. I don't know if this is what this is i feel like this song did not feel like a regular k-pop song it didn't feel like really that much of a k-pop song in general it felt no. more i don't even know how to describe it it just did not feel like k-pop to me no it felt like a song you would hear in the west yes it definitely yeah, did it, it did and with the way they sang it i feel like if they had put a rap in it i think that would have brought it back to k-pop land but mm-hmm. because they didn't yeah <laughs> That was why, like, it felt like just a song you would hear on the radio. Like, it is actually very radio friendly. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if I heard that on the radio here. Yeah. Um, Capital just, Records. It, it's, yeah. Capital Records. Uh, <laughs> Your job. Such a, like, such a good song. Like, I was kind of, like, I mean, I was enjoying the, the mini so far. But, like, when I heard this song, I was like, okay. So, yeah. We're finally, we're finally doing what we said we were going to do. <laughs> yes, it, it, it's in the bag at this point. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I feel like this is such a high point. I, you know, we'll get into it more later, but this is such a high point, I will say that. And yeah. I think, honestly, I'm just going to go out and say it. I think this is like my number one K-pop song of 2019. 
Yeah, I'm going to say it. I, I don't think I've heard anything that was as mysterious as this song in the sense of like, it mis- uh, exper- obviously I can't say the rain was experimental, but it was in a different way. Yeah. This song was in a more accessible way. I think I can't stand the rain is definitely, I don't, I, you know, I don't know the word I want to use for it. It's for specific types of ears. Like, whereas this song is super accessible. Like you said, it's a song that I can imagine me playing in the West, in the East and like the deepest depths of Namibia in the, <laughs> on the peak of the highest mountains, it can be enjoyed anywhere. And, um, you know what? I'd like to see somebody dub this over the, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this, an episode of SpongeBob where the jellyfish are like having a party at his house. No. <laughs> it's the classic episode. It's like one of the first, like, you know how people say the first three seasons of SpongeBob were the best. It's like yeah. one of the classic era SpongeBob episodes. I would love to see somebody dub this song over that. I might just do it because it would be so cute. So funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we talk about too fast anymore, I have a feeling like <laughs> it's going to be like, this is going to be an over and over us just talking about how much yeah. we love it. So with that being said, um, that was our review of Too Fast. And yes. uh, I think we're going to just go ahead and move on to Supercar, sadly. We wish it was a longer song. <laughs> yeah, it was only three minutes and 14 seconds. Like, yeah. Uh, at least an extra two minutes. <laughs> it needs an uh, extra two minutes. It needs a music video. It needs exactly. uh, everything. I can just, I can put the music video together in my head right now. Call me SN. <laughs> exactly. Call me Capitol Records. <laughs> okay. Uh, so next we have Supercar and we're going to just go ahead and get into it. Here we go. Yes. Um, I'll say in record from the beginning, this is like my least favorite song on the mini. <laughs> I, so far... I would tend to agree so far in the looking at the lyrics and everything. It's, it's such a K-pop song, you, yeah. you know, it's such like that EDM, like hip hop thing that NCT tries to do a lot, but Institute does it way better to me. I actually really like this part though. Yeah. That part is yeah. nice. The way he pronounces different is <laughs> I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I feel like Bikyun uh, came, yeah. came in so lovely and then this happened and I'm just like yeah if it kept going in the same direction of Baekhyun and Taemin's part I think it would have been way better to me I will say too I really don't like onomatopoeias in songs like Broom and there's a song uh, a BTS song they say click clack to the bang and they're imitating I believe a I'm not gonna say what they're imitating because I don't know but (laughs) I just don't like it I've never liked it in any songs like I feel like I would have loved to hear Mark rap like he did in Cherry Bomb. That mm-hmm. kind of laid back, sort of like, you know, like his his part of the end, near the end of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would have loved to see more of that instead of like this. Mm. And honestly, Taeyang, I mean, Taeyang, I guess he's the face, he's whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. His rap voice is really annoying to me. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you really don't like his rap voice. I don't like it. It sounds fake. It doesn't sound real. It just sounds like, you know, this is like, he thinks this is what cool people rap like. And that's what he's doing. And mm-hmm. that's why I think like, that's for me why I've always preferred Mark because Mark just raps like, you know, you, you go into the grocery store and he's rapping about that. <laughs> you mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. I will um, say that yeah. Taeyong's natural voice, yeah. like when he talks, it does sound kind of similar. Like, I don't want to say he sounds dead and lifeless when he talks, <laughs> but um, it, it's kind of like this, like, nasally deep kind of 
vibe that yeah. kind of can lend itself to a robotic rapping voice. Also, I just want to say this. For some reason, when I saw Taeyong with his headband on, I'm going to be real with you. I thought about V from Mic Drop, like era from B- BTS. Oh, when he yeah, was wearing that. And you know what's interesting to me is I remember we talked about how somebody said that the reason why Taeyong, Taehyung, too many Tae's. Taehyung is so like popular is because he basically looks like a white man, a white boy. Like he has like very Eurocentric features. Um, I I feel like Taehyung is kind of pushed for a similar reason. He's got features that I've noticed people liken to Eurocentric features. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> if no, that, I can see that. Obviously, he's got the whole like point, like the ideal sort of Korean face going on with like the the you know small face quote unquote and things like that but it is a very eurocentric beauty standard so to speak oh with that said we just listened to supercar okay um it just finished not too long ago and um sorry that i went into my little rant it was relevant though because he was wearing a headband and he i don't think i've ever seen him really rock a headband in nct i've only seen it in uh, Super M era. So, okay. Um, what what do you think of Supercar? Obviously, it's not your top song, but what do you? What's your review on it? I okay. The whole song isn't a wash. There were some good parts of it, like um, that da, 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 oh, whatever. That part was good. The singing part with Taemin and Baekhyun was good. It felt too much like an NCT song. <laughs> I think that might have been my problem. Uh, and it was just like louder, I think. Um, so I just, I didn't like it. I don't, I don't like, I wouldn't write the song off completely. I still listen to it. Like, I don't skip it when I listen to the mini, but I just mm-hmm. don't like it that much. I will say that the the album in that sense is a little bit, it's not disjointed, but it's like yeah. the organization, I think they, what they did was they kind of did peaks and valleys instead of doing yes. like, um, all the going like, songs at the beginning. Yeah. And, and then the, the, the end. The, yeah. Um, yeah. And the peaks and valleys work for some people, but I think for me, because so far Too Fast is far and above like my favorite so far that we've heard um, yes. that we just listened to. And I just kind of like the whole best for last. And I also think when you're crafting um, an album track list, it's very important. I think I, I think Michael Jackson said this um, or one of, uh, there was a producer or something he was working with. And they were saying when you're crafting an album, it's so important to put not necessarily the weakest songs in the middle, but like the songs that are obviously like not going to necessarily be like super radio friendly, you know? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I think that's something that left a little bit to be desired with this many is I think that this song should have been before Too Fast for sure. Mm-hmm. It probably should have even been before I Can't Stand the Rain because I, I think so. this song, you know, and I've got to stop using NCT as like a <laughs> comparison for noise. <laughs> Because I do think it gives a a wrong impression of them because if you listen to their um, Empathy album, they're not all noise, right? I mean, we can tell by the seventh sense that it's not all noise. It's There's some substance in, in some of their songs. Not saying that there's not substance in the noise, just that the noise doesn't lend itself to substance often. Um, yeah, yeah. But with I that said, it. I feel that Supercar was the gratuitous, like, we got to have a track for everybody kind of thing because... Jopping is kind of for everybody, but not really. There's elements of jopping that are kind of experimental that you would be like, hmm, not everybody would appeal to that sensibility. And also jopping is the only song with every member. So that makes sense for it to be the title. Exactly. Whereas Supercar, I think 
so many people loved it. After I the album came out, I was on Twitter and I just saw so many people just raving about how it's the best song on the album or at least the top two. And I don't get that. I get like bottom two from this song. Absolutely. It, it doesn't make me feel anything. I It's just average. And unfortunately, it is the most NCT-esque song on the album. So I think if people hear this and they get the, uh, they they think that this is what NCT is about, like the, I think that they'll get that. And, and that's so unfortunate because I think that they're better than this. But, you know, it, it, just, it just doesn't work for me. And I'm shocked that it works for so many other people because it's that same formula to me. Exactly. Is that all your thoughts about Supercar? <laughs> that is all I have to say. <laughs> okay. So with that being said, uh, that was our review of Supercar. We are going to go ahead and move on to the final song on yes. the album which is no manners okay so here we go and start love this part i you know what it kind of reminds me of a trot song but i can't oh the name of a trot song but the instrumental is definitely from a trot song or like a some like it it sounds like really like it should be in a korean historical drama (laughs) really yeah to me you know what the first thing when i heard this song the first vision that popped in my mind is pulling, like walking into a drug cartel, like in the middle of the desert. And it's like a really, really like successful drug cartel. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It, it, it kind of yeah. gives me that vibe. So okay. I love the beat. I have to say it's I a great beat. love it. Like this definitely should have been after Too Fast. Like I just yeah. understand why it wasn't. Yes. And it's a good song. It's a chill song to sing to. And exactly. it's interesting because i've watched another review and somebody said it kind of felt like it wanted to be a ballad i get that it wants to be a slow song it does and that's fair that's a fair assessment so taemin is in every single song there's and... a reason <laughs> oh well i mean yeah obviously okay no i'm not surprised at all right by that but i'm because i totally forgot about kai until i saw this i was like oh yeah she's still in this group <laughs> yeah this song now this lineup works as well this is the what i would like to call the dance lineup it is the dance lineup <laughs> i mean but if they were going to have a vocal lineup it'd only be two members so. <laughs> 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 yes. now this here we go yeah that rap part is the best i've ever heard Taeyong. i will admit that it's the one time i'm not completely annoyed with him <laughs> yeah <laughs> It went hard to me. I thought it, it was the best part of the song. And you could understand everything he was singing, which is yeah. like, so surprising because a lot of times you can't, especially in K-pop. <laughs> I will say that what's really interesting about this song is that the actual Korean is really weird. Like, it's like they're wording stuff to specifically fit into the English translation, okay. if that makes sense. Like, this is a lot of this is not like necessarily natural wording. But then yeah. again, there's most K-pop songs I would say that the way they were things isn't natural like the way Koreans speak. Yeah. But yeah. Um so no manners just ended and I'm sure we've got a lot of thoughts. So uh Nat, just go ahead and take <laughs> over. Uh I liked it. I I mean it was a chill song and I do really love chill songs as you can tell. Um and I thought the lineup worked really well. Like I definitely would not have um uh, I probably would have taken out like normally if I had just seen it and I hadn't actually listened to the song, I would have been like, uh, take out Taeyang, put in Merc, take out Kai, put in Baekhyun. But I feel like Kai and Taeyang did an okay job. Like, I feel like Taeyang did a better job than Kai did. 
normally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, Tayman obviously is great. And Ten, I mean, Ten's clearly on all of these tracks for reasons. So. Yes, no, Ten <laughs> is the dark horse. He is he's so like underrated. He's so versatile. Mm-hmm. I feel, um, and it's really showing his versatility. I mean, even though there's smaller parts here or there, it's showing that he can sing, he can rap, he can do whatever you need him to do. And he's obviously a dancer as well, so that works really well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really like it. I feel like. I feel like if they perform it, the dancing should be as chill as the song, even mm. though they're all dancers. Like, I feel like that would probably, like, if the dancing itself was really chill, too, I think it would work really well. And I think it would actually bring the song up a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is definitely, like, when I listened to the mini the first time, this song and Too Fast were my favorite songs. Yes. Um, on the mini. And so I was just like, you know, I mean, I I didn't hate anything. I, I didn't like, you know, some of the songs, but I didn't hate anything. So I can still listen to everything. But these are the two songs that I think are the strongest. And yes. they're the two sort of subunity songs. Uh- yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they no, somehow just- managed to use all of the members in, bo- in each of the, like, so the first subunit has the members that the second subunit doesn't have. And then they have um, Temin in in common. And I think it's, oh, I have so many thoughts about No Manners. Um, First and foremost, it is the second strongest song on the album. And it is also one of the top K-pop songs I've heard this year. It's not nearly as strong as Too Fast for me, just because it's a specific vibe kind of song. You don't want to listen to this song while you're trying to get hype. You don't want to listen to it. Um, I will say it's funny because when you hear the beat, you could almost uh, do a little bit of a twerk to this song, <laughs> but but it's definitely not a club banger no. necessarily. I mean, you could play it in the club and it'll get a reaction, but it's not like a dance song. It is not. Um, I I'll say that the beat. Oh my, that beat went hard. Amazing. That was like the best part of the song was the beat. Not saying the lyrics weren't great because they were. And the English translation, when you read it, it it's a good song to me. Like it's a, yeah. it's got substance. And the reason why I say that, a lot of people go, well, K-pop lyrics never have substance. I don't really necessarily agree with that because there are some songs that you, you just have to listen to to understand that they do have substance. And you have to know the artist more. What people are kind of missing here is that while Taeyong didn't write the whole song, he was um, like a co-writer. And that does stand for something because every song and every rap that Taeyong is a part of, he, not every, but a lot of them, he kind of alludes to being really attracted to like toxic women. For real. No, I'm not kidding. Like he's got a song. Yeah, he's a bit of a masochist. Like he's okay. like I think he wrote part of Whiplash, and or if not the whole thing, I actually think he wrote all of Whiplash. And like all of these songs are like those songs are more so like BDSM, so that not necessarily toxic, but there's some lyrics in there like that. Like yeah. he has lyrics like that. And this whole song, it's got that vibe of like he keeps saying I'm addicted to your toxic, which it, to me that speaks to him kind of liking like. Uh, dysfunctional relationships in a sense and I also want to say this you don't have to believe in astrology I don't care if you do every like male cancer that I know they like people who are just like just extremely bad for them like they like to be in arguments they love drama they love fighting 
They love that kind of stuff. Male cancers, you guys need to get it together. Because <laughs> somebody's going to end up in jail with y'all. You guys, I don't know what it is. So it's not a stretch for me, whether you want to look at his personality or approach it from like the astrology aspect or approach yeah. it from any aspect. It's not a stretch for me to believe that this man really, this type of song is reminiscent and reflective of his own thoughts and real experiences. So, and we already know he's a scammer. Um, so <laughs> all of these things kind of <laughs> fit together to me. Um, and I thought the lyrics were good. I thought they were pretty good. I thought they were solid. And I thought that, you know, like people say that K-pop music doesn't have substance, but I think it's because Koreans have a way of speaking. They have a way of saying things that don't, that aren't really open for translation. And that's mm. why, and that's why like when you hear a K-pop song, it like or you see the English translation, it's like, oh, this is doesn't make any sense. This is nonsense, whatever. But it's no, right. it's not. Because to the Koreans, like it makes absolute sense and it, right. it you know, like it's it's logical, you know. So yeah. I feel like this song though, when I saw the English translations, um, it really did feel like um like it was it was geared towards the West. Like they mm-hmm. didn't want it to be crazy metaphor, they didn't want it to be, you know, in the Korean way of saying things. It, it definitely felt like, you know, an English song that they were singing <laughs> versus yes, like yes. uh you know like an English song that's been trend like that's been has the lyrics completely changed into Korean to sort of like reflect you know what they want to say um mm-hmm. in a Korean way. Uh it, it felt yeah it felt pretty pretty good like pretty chill. I mean like and I felt too like with this mini a lot mm-hmm. of it you can tell is written with or by solely like American artists who are on trends. Because they yes. use a lot of words and terms like drama and and just like terms like I noticed in other songs that um, you don't really hear in Korean music, like even in like K-pop music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of the really popular things that go to Korea that are more visible are like skirt and like, you know, like the that dance thingy that people were doing for a while. Like, you know, like the more childish things, I think. Yes. Yeah, those mm-hmm. will translate a little bit like more frequently to Korea. But this is like this song felt kind of grown, you know? Like it felt no, like No, that you know what? I had I it's so funny that you say that because I kept when I was envisioning myself, you know, walking or being forced to walk into this drug cartel at the beginning of the song, <laughs> I was like, this is a grown band yeah. song. Like this feels like there are four adults singing this song or and and rapping on this song and it felt like you said it just it just and back to the whole idea of Koreans kind of having their own way of saying things and things not really translating or getting lost in translation I think that it's so interesting to note that because of the fact that when NCT came out with regular in the English version they were saying things like VVS diamonds and like things that were really like on trend, like in, in the West in Western rap. And I thought that was a really interesting development because like you said, when you listen to a Korean song, even if it's a Korean rap song, and I'm going to just use this as an example, dang by BTS. Yeah. They make allusions to like AP watches and stuff like that. But the whole song is predicated around the fact that this word dang is a sound as well as an actual like strategic thing in a, in a game, a card game, a Korean card game. And it's like, yeah, the whole song is centered around like how you can play with this word in Korean. You can't really do that in English because it doesn't translate. It's like, you know, like for example, a good example is this is like 
Koreans use different sounds to represent the same things that we do. Mm-hmm. So you know how like we'll write like if we're writing about eating, sometimes a person will put nom nom. Yes. Koreans will put yum yum. Yes. Like it'll be a different sound. Like if you do a heartbeat, Koreans will have that heartbeat sound a little different. Like the sounds that they're making sound different, actually. Yeah. So yeah. um it's just such an interesting thing to note because you can see the differences if you you can see how this group is feels like it's kind of bringing yes it's bringing k-pop to the west but it's almost crafted in a very western friendly manner um so it's still k-pop to me don't get me wrong i feel like there this is very k-pop and i like and i love it for that um and it's in korean so that (laughs) obviously that's a huge part of it but it it is super accessible no manners feels grown too fast feels grown as well it's just grown in a different way um Supercar feels a little bit immature. I'm going to be real. It, <laughs> it feels a little bit for the kids. They said, Let let's make something for them kids. Um, Jopping feels like this weird kind of otherworldly, like, you know what? This is the way I like to put it. Mm-hmm. I Can't Stand the Rain feels like it belongs on Earth. Jopping feels like it belongs in space, yeah. right? I Can't Stand the That's Rain has the... Yeah. <laughs> um, Yes, like I can't stand the rain has that. What grounds it is that drum. Whereas Jopping use electric guitar, lots of electric guitar, which is not a natural sound at all. That's a very highly processed feeling. Mm-hmm. So I, I I like the dichotomy there. Um, and then going back to No Manners, I really just feel like this song and Too Fast are the apex of this mini. They belong together at the end. Exactly. Um, if you, I, I kind of want to go ahead and rank these and kind of discuss rankings yeah, of just because it's a really perfect time to do that. So do you want to give your rankings and then kind of explain why you rank things the way sure. you did? All right, go ahead. Okay. So uh, I'll start. At start, the- start with five and then go to one. Okay. So five for me would be Supercar just because it is my least favorite song. Uh, it's, it's a bit too loud i think and i think it also <laughs> just too rap focused i feel uh so mm-hmm. even though it had some good moments it didn't the good moments was too far in between to bring the song up i would say number th- uh four would be dropping uh because i understand what dropping was supposed to do and i understand where it did that um in terms of like the feel of the song the momentum and like the whole tie to like superheroes and and the whole 90s sci-fi kind of feel but it falls flat because it doesn't actually live up to the hype uh but i understand you know it's one of the only songs that had all the members in it (laughs) and they all had like fairly equal you know outings in it so in terms of like just singing and rapping and visuals and dancing and things like that so that song was good but it just it fell flat a little bit flat for me then i can't stand the rain would be number three uh it, it honestly i just felt like i didn't like the tone <laughs> obviously for Rakeon, but i didn't mind everything else like everything else worked for me and even his chorus like even with how high pitched it was i kind of really liked how like clean it sounded at the same time so i'm okay with that so number two and number one uh, I would say number two is No Manners. Uh, and just because it is a little bit more rap heavy than Too Fast. And 
and because Baekhyun's not in it. <laughs> and then obviously it's still a fantastic song and it's still, you know, one of the strongest songs on this mini. It, it's just so good. Like, ugh, just so chill. Lyrically, it's, it's a grown song, which we don't have enough of in K-pop, even though we have all these grown-ass groups, uh, which is so strange. But it's a grown song. Lyrically, it works. The instrumental is just fire. Like, absolute fire. Uh, and, you know, like, even with some of my not-so-favorite people in it, I still, you know, enjoyed it completely and immensely. And then, obviously, number one is too fast. I mean, like, obviously, <laughs> why? Like, how could that not be everybody's favorite song on this movie? It, <laughs> it has vocals, it has instrumentals, it has vibe, it has chill, it has coolness, it has sex, it has <laughs> everything you need in a song. Mm-hmm. Uh, no rapping. <laughs> no rapping. <laughs> like this, it's it, uh, my mind is blown. Honestly, like how good too fast is it's just Mm -hmm. such a fantastic song and yeah that's my ranking cool no I love that I love hearing this perspective on how you rank them just because I I think our rankings are pretty similar I think that there's one key area we might have a little bit of disagreement but I think they're pretty similar so uh if I go ahead with my ranking yeah and number five, I have Supercar for many of the same reasons. I think that it's just, it's, for me, it's mostly because I've heard it before 15,000 times. I exactly. heard NC2 do it. I heard Stray Kids do it. I heard, what, what, do you remember, was it K-Flying Tiger, No Dragon? Yes. yes. <laughs> we, we heard, we heard <laughs> them attempt some, some noise. <laughs> yes. So everybody has their own brand of noise. And this is super M's, but because it's still that SM sound, it feels like NCT. It just feels like NCT. And I think it's, like I said, I don't think it's a horrible song. I don't even think it's a bad song. I think it's very average. And it's yeah. it's just not something I would listen to on a regular basis either, just because it's not for me. I don't like, I don't know why, but I've never really liked songs that were too rap heavy in K-pop. Um, and it's so funny because one of my favorite songs from one of the other groups is a rap song, but I think it's because the beat is just so undeniable. Whereas this song, it doesn't have that beat to make the rapping undeniable, you know? Yeah. Um, it doesn't have, there's not one element about the song that makes it undeniable for me. Even the singing parts, which were cool. Yes. Um, but like you said, it was too far in, too far in between to be to change my overall feeling of the song and my overall rating of the song. So that's number five for me. And then we have number four. I Can't Stand the Rain It's number four for me. It's not, yeah, yeah it's number four, not dropping, but I Can't Stand the Rain. And the reason why, so I, I, wanna, I wanna preface this by saying, I do not think this is a weak song. I no. don't. No, I no. think that, it, I think, be, I think the, the fact of the matter is it's bold. It really tries something that it could have went like left quickly but it didn't to me it didn't go left there was no point of the song that went left actually some of my favorite parts of the song are actually some of that's what least favorite which is i do like the cadence in the singing parts uh the well the high the falsetto parts i should say i don't necessarily i think there's very few people that can really pull off a good falsetto um and a lot of them are not k-pop artists <laughs> um and so I think that's a specific skill that I think a person has to develop really. But there's something about the way that it's saying. That is the part that I really like. 
I, I do think that was a high point. I thought the drums, yes. I'm, you know, it would have been interesting to hear just like a bare bones, like obviously there's an instrumental on there and I think that instrumental slaps. I think it's, when I say it slaps, I, it's not like a easy listening song. It's like a song if you're feeling something eclectic, you can really kind of hear that and think, wow, that's so new. That's so exactly. fresh. So I do like that a lot. I just think that it needs to be without the vocals, if that makes sense. It sounds so yeah. crazy to say that, but I, I think that you can enjoy both of them separately. And that's yeah, it. that's kind of where I'm at with I Can't Stand the Rain. And, and I will say, this is something that a lot of people I have not heard people say. I think that song is super earwormy. It got stuck in my head. And I don't know why. Like, I was trying to, like, sing anything else. And I kept getting I Can't Stand the Rain stuck in my head. So, yeah, no, it like I mentioned when I was talking about the song, like how clean the chorus is. And mm-hmm. all you all you really hear is the melody. And, and Bacon does sing the song to the melody. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that is like the earwormiest part of the song. <laughs> like, yeah, even yeah. If you don't like that song, you will still be like, like you just hear it and you're just like saying like yeah and you're just like okay yeah (laughs) yeah it's like drop in drop in is an earwormy like especially in that that instrumental part um where it sort of builds up it's very earwormy and like I found myself like kind of like thinking it a lot and and it was just so weird (laughs) well speaking of dropping dropping is my number three and I want to talk a little bit about Let's get away from the music because we talked a lot about the music on it. And I'm going to talk about something very specific about this uh, entire idea of this song. Sure. I want to say that at first people were roasting the term dropping. They were like jumping and popping, dropping. That's just so dumb. Yeah. Actually, it's the memeiest word of 2019. You can make so many memes with dropping. Like you can, I think it's a funny like little thing that you can do. It's It's a word that I feel like, just naming your song that is a bold choice because it could work or it could not work really quickly. And it, I don't think it's going to catch on as the idea of jumping and popping necessarily, but I can see it being super meme Did you not see like people were trying to like meme it on Twitter? So I actually did like retweet a lot of things on like the, the Nyan Twitter. Like, mm-hmm. like someone wrote, you are not dropping. You're 27. And there was another one. There was like... Um, if if you steal Super M's new album, is that job lifting? Oh like, yes, I, saw you, like... I saw you post that. Yeah, <laughs> so, look, oh stop! I could have dropped my croissant, and like there's like a lot of people <laughs> who try to like do things with it, and they're like cringy, whatever. Yeah, but like it's fun, right? It's, it's fun. Not, like, yeah, it's not hurting anybody, and also they did not create dropping. Dropping actually originally was driving and bopping. So oh, I did not know that. Of, like, interpolated it and changed it for like the modern modern era because when dropping came out like when the title came out I was like wait that sounds familiar so I went to I googled it and I got the urban dictionary and it's like people used to mix jiving and bopping together which makes sense because those are like totally old words and so uh they mix it together and like dropping isn't a term that people have used in the past um but now they're saying it's jumping and bopping so I guess they're trying to like modernize it but it also fits into my theory that Lee Suman is stuck in the old age like he's just like <laughs> <laughs> he's like back in my day we used the word name well oh, you know I the whole reason why he even saw, like started SM in, in the first place yeah. was because he like studied in America and like fell in love with like Michael Jackson really Michael Jackson was the main person but it was like all of these like black western artists 
he, saw he the just black like fell in love with them and he was like i want to do those things too yes it was <laughs> and same with this dropping word i'm pretty sure black people created it and he's like you know back in my day the blacks used to say this and here we have dropping well there so- you go i didn't even look i'm black and i didn't even know i mean if you think about it it makes logical sense right yeah. i because the only i did do a, i didn't do as much research as you did but i did see the urban dictionary entry but it it was a sexual term though <laughs> it, it was not it was not dance related at all but i i will say this yeah. they took something from the olden days and they made it something it's a fun word honestly it's a it i get it you know what i mean and i think people underestimate the the importance of memes in our culture in 2019 i think exactly. in our generation it's a lot predicated on irony and predicated on um, things that are kind of nonsensical. So it's like, let's make an ironic joke, right? And that's our sense of humor. My parents don't get it. My grandparents don't get it. (laughs) But I think that that's so important to the culture. And I think that, I don't think they were like, this was strategic. I don't think they were like, we're going to do like a cultural thing. I just think it was cool how it can have that potential to go there because the memes are already starting and a lot of the memes are pretty funny they're like you said they're cringy and some of them are super corny but it's like that's the humor of this generation like gen like my like millennials like younger millennials and gen z that's our humor okay like that's the type of things we laugh at and i think i think it can work and and for that reason alone dropping was at my number three because of the name of the song and musically it was loud, but when we say noise, we're talking about supercar, in my opinion. That's yes. that's a lot. That's very noisy to me. Yes. This song was like it played around with a lot of stuff, like the horns. I mean, the, the horns whole especially. yeah, like that. To me, that that made the song stand out because, like we said, it gave that superhero vibe to it that they definitely are going for. And I also saw like a write up about how. The, the, the whole Avengers choice was strategic, even though I don't think it was. I think it's just because the Avengers are the popular superheroes. Because, yeah. you know, the Justice League, are they're the historically popular superheroes. Exactly. Um, and then the Avengers are kind of like the counterculture. They're like, they're like the opposite. Like, they're like the little known superheroes. And then all of a sudden now they're super popular because their movies are, let's be real, they're a lot better than a lot of DC movies. Exactly. But it, I, I, there was this write-up about somebody basically just said that it's, they're kind of taking on this moniker as like we're the underdogs in a sense. Yeah. And, but now we're here and obviously underdogs meaning compared to the other super group. Right. So, um, so I don't know if that's true. It's interesting. I think that the fact that this is forming so many think pieces, like the idea of what jopping stands for and how it relates to super M. I think that that alone, to me, you can rate a song, on its sound, you can also rate it on its influence because there's a lot of songs that I can say are complete trash, like, or not complete trash, or like they just don't sound, they're not perfect songs. Yeah. I don't know what it was about like the Soldier Boy craze because I don't think the crank that's are like special in any sense of the word compared to what was coming out back in that time that were lot, yeah. much better songs. But it was culturally important because that was like the dance wave of my childhood. Whereas these days, these kids have like the shoot dance and like Baby Shark and Foss and all of that stuff. We had like Soulja Boy crank that and we had like Lee Winter Rock with it. There we go. Oh. <laughs> Lee Winter Rock with it. Okay, see. Okay. It was really literally funny, called that. <laughs> I didn't know that was the name of the dance, 
Like, I remember the song, but I didn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the lean wouldn't rock with it. And then later on in my, that was more of my childhood. Yeah. Um, but yeah, certain things are just good for cultural impact and, and how they change the culture and move the culture forward. And I think that, um, I'm not saying dropping is changing K-pop and moving it forward, though I think it is symbolic of a shift in um, necessarily like where K-pop is in the world. Does that make sense? Like it's representing this, this is kind of a part of that to me. Yeah. Um, just the whole, just to call yourselves the Avenger of K-pop and like call yourselves, like literally say in this song multiple times that there's no competition, you're the best. That's something you don't see in K-pop. You don't really see this like I'm better than you. <laughs> so it's really interesting how it represents uh, in a way, maybe not even a shift, but like a peak amongst the valley. <laughs> well, I mean, we did have Girls' Generation telling us that they're going to give us the heat because they are the queens of K-pop. And we did have 21 say that they are the best. So, I mean, it, I think that it wasn't as aggressive as this obviously mm -hmm. um but also i feel like when you were talking about that it kind of brought to mind um an idea like in in k-pop and if we do see more of a shift of them creating like units but not necessarily just like units to have to have a unit right but to like sort of create the best of them yeah in unit. instead mm -hmm. of just doing like a dance unit and a song in like a singing unit like that's usually what they do like mm -hmm. with larger groups especially but I could see like seventeen being like, okay, these are our four most popular members. Let's put them in a, in a unit and let's mm. like see what we mm. can do, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I feel like that could be a shift in K-pop that we're gonna see. And so when when I say these, you know, the fact that Jopping is doing a lot of these things, I think it's a, a positive example of using your privilege. It, it, that sounds really crazy to say in this context, but it is. It's using that room that you're given to be different better. to do something yeah to do something better or different or more advanced because to me super m takes what's good about all of the groups and kind of combines it and i think at least with this mini that's what i'm getting and their performance i thought that performance was great we're gonna get to that in a second because i need to hurry up and get to my number two and my number one yes <laughs> my number two is very um different probably from most most people's but it's the same as Nats. it's no manners everybody has no manners is number one i don't see it for her she's a great song don't get me wrong she's one of she's a when i say great i'm not just saying that lightly this is a great song i don't think i would ever skip this song if i listened to the art album all the way through i don't think i would really skip any of the songs honestly i wouldn't i wouldn't either unless i was just like in a particular like sad mood or something and i had yeah. to like listen to sad music or like moody music no manners is obviously the moody song of the, the album um but yeah no 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 members is two and of course two fast is number one i mean i don't know what y'all expected <laughs> the moment that i told y'all this was a shiny song you should have knew that it was going to be number one just because no manners is like an exo song right and yes. then you've got like supercars like your nct song and like jopping and i can't stand the rain are more so super in kind of specific but too Fast is a shiny song through and through. Shiny, I have yet to find a song that... It, I have yet to find a song on a shiny album that I'm just straight up skipping. I don't think I'm really skipping any shiny songs, like just straight up. Um, of course, I'm not... Like, not every single song is perfect, but 
That's what I mean. And Too Fast fits right along with that. Too Fast is up there with Prism for me. It's up there with View for me. Even to when I go into EXO's catalog, Too Fast is easy, easily to me the best EXO song I've heard. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> I haven't heard all of the EXO songs, yeah. but I've heard some of their best songs. Like I've heard Don't Mess Up My Tempo. I've heard Artificial Love, which I love Artificial Love. I don't know if other people love that song, but I love it. Um, I've heard Overdose. I've heard Call Me Baby. And those are all great songs. Obviously, me and Nat are going to argue to the end of the earth that Overdose is not their best song. But those are all <laughs> the audible sigh. Um, those are all great songs. Too Fast is easily above any of those songs for me. So, I mean, those are just the facts. I don't, I don't know how else I can put it. It's just, it's a masterpiece to me. It's, to me, my favorite K-pop song of 2019. It might be my favorite K-pop song of both 2018 and 2019. Um, and it's up there with, like, some of my favorite uh, Western songs like that I'm listening to currently like um, yeah <laughs> I mean I, it's in my regular rotation it's going up there with Lizzo it's going up there with in terms of my rotation it's going this little Selena Gomez song that for some reason I can't get out of my head um, which is so funny because the lyrics of that song is you're stuck in my head and I can't get you out of it so it's going up there for me and eventually I can see this song working its way up to prism levels to where it's in my ultra special collection, which is basically Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston. <laughs> it's like literally it, those are the only two artists that oh. are in that collection for me. When, when you, when, I mean, when you listen to the best, you can't put other songs with them, right? You can't, you can't, <laughs> mix, you can't mix uh, G idol song. With, <laughs> with Whitney Houston. Just no. sprinkle a little bit of no. just sprinkle a little bit of saving all my love on there. You can't. You can't, you can't do that. I'm dead to roast and G Idol. <laughs> I, I just listened to I just edited our last episode and when we talked about Queendom, we just roasted them for like five minutes. But so yeah. With that being said, I just want to talk about the showcase, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. Okay. Okay. Just, just say disclaimer. I haven't watched the showcase. It was kind of long, to be honest, for me. So mm -hmm. I didn't watch it. But Jimin's going to tell us all about it. So yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, as of today, today is for those of you who don't know, we're recording this on Sunday, October sixth, and um, Super M had their showcase last night. Um, and they, it was their very first per, like live performance together as a group. And they performed three songs off of the album. They performed, um, I can't stand the rain. They opened, I can't stand the rain, moved on to supercar and then dropping. I, be, I think they did that on purpose and strategically. And I'll talk about why later. Um, they not only performed those songs, but they also showed some, um, behind the scenes clips that were called exclusive, but were then promptly uploaded onto YouTube. So <laughs> <laughs> guess they weren't too exclusive. Nope. Um, and then, and they also, um, you know, had some words for us. And I, I want to talk about, uh, I'll talk about the words a little later because we're on a, we're on this trend of talking about their music first. So I want to talk about the performances. First and foremost, I thought all the performances were great. I thought in terms of the choreography, there was nothing that I thought was bad about choreography. Um, I think one of the songs I remember feeling like it was a little over choreographed a little bit. And I felt like, oh, they're going to be tired after this, which they were. Um, but 
Yes, I felt like I have to say this, okay? Because me and Nat were having this conversation before this recording. Mm-hmm. Yes, they lip sync, okay? We know that they lip sync. It, it was so obvious. It was, <laughs> I kind of internally cringed <laughs> when they started lip syncing. I can't stand the rain because I just felt like usually you don't start lip syncing. You know what I mean? You might end up lip syncing, but you don't start that way. But, you know, in typical SM fashion, well, it's not even SM fashion because most of their artists sing live, but in typical, I don't know, EXO fashion, I think this is very specific to EXO. It is. There was a very strong component of lip syncing. And I don't think that's a horrible thing just because of the, the, I just don't think it's horrible in general, but also the nature of these songs are not singy songs per se. So I didn't feel like, oh, like they, they, I didn't feel necessarily cheated. I, I did feel a little cheated when the rap parts were lip synced because it was like, oh, okay. But I didn't feel cheated, like cheated, cheated. It was just like, okay, <laughs> like that kind of feeling. Um, the uh, oh the stage the stage for dropping the, the way it transformed first and foremost that was a makeshift stage y'all that was not a I don't think that was a permanent stage from my understanding so for them to put all that work into that that tiny it was a small stage relatively I'm um, considering the fact that usually when you're talking EXO and shiny you're talking about performing in stadiums and on these giant stages with catwalks and all of that and every element of the stadium is used as part of the stage they're flying around in the air in hot air balloons. Um, so for them to be able to take that tiny stage and transform it. And I feel like they kind of, I feel like they did well on the stage. I think that there was, you could clearly tell that some of them were nervous. I think especially Beck Hillen. That was the main person where you just, I saw him like visibly nervous, which is fine. Nerves are normal. Nerves are fine. I hope that eventually they get to the point where they're more comfortable. I don't think they were uncomfortable in the sense that it's like, oh, we we can't stand Americans. So we don't want to do this. Some groups, I do get that. I'm not going to say who, but there's some groups where I do clearly get that. But with this group, with Super M, it was more so, um, this is our first time. For a lot of them, this was their first time performing in front of a crowd, uh, like an American audience in an American city. Um, Okay, it wasn't their first time, but it was like, well, yeah, because Shiny had a couple concerts in America. But I will say that this was like one of the first times for a while. For at least EXO and SHINee members. Yeah, I was about um, to say with um, EXO, like, Becky and being nervous kind of makes sense to me now that you're talking about it. Because EXO didn't, like, EXO got kind of like an American push, but not really later in their careers. Whereas mm-hmm. NCT from the very beginning were meant to be like an international group. So they were always kind of like pushed in the States and all over the world. Um, and and EXO and Shiny both kind of, you know, like they kind of flirt with it, but they're not really committed. Committed in the same way, like, you know, um, Monster X has become and like BTS has become and a lot of these other groups have become. So that actually makes sense. Yeah. And like GOT7 and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, Yes, that exactly. That's the same wave I'm on. And it's interesting because the members of Wavy also have, I, I believe this is actually true. They've never performed in America. They've only performed in China and Korea. And, well, Asia, you know, generally. So that's also new for them as well. And you have to think of it this way. This is kind of transitioning out of the performance aspect because I thought they were good. They were clearly nervous, some of them. But I want to get into the mints and them talking. A for effort. Oh, my goodness. Like, 
when I saw that they were actually, they spoke English the entire time. And I, I know what people are going to say. They were reading from a teleprompter. But I want you to try. And I want you to go to Korea. And I want you to perform for Koreans and then speak completely in Korean, reading from a teleprompter the whole time. It's not easy. There are people who speak English who can't read from a teleprompter and do it as well as they did, in my opinion. It's not an easy thing to do. I, anytime people are multilingual or learning languages, I applaud that. I think because I, I know firsthand how um, difficult it can be later in life to try to learn a language without being in a classroom environment for a lot of people. And I, I really applaud that because even if they were, even if it wasn't like spontaneous, which for Mark and Tin, they speak English, like that's their first language for both of them. Um, I be, Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure for both of them, it was more natural, of course. But the only one who I thought was like not as natural was Kai. And that's because he was obviously reading, like he was kind of staring at the teleprompter. <laughs> but the the rest of the guys, it wasn't obvious at all. It, they, I think that, well, it wasn't that obvious. Like you could tell that there was some times where they were clearly sounding a little bit unnatural. But I, I just, like I said, I think that it's amazing that they said everything that they needed to say and they gave you descriptions of their songs. They gave you descriptions of the performance, which is classic SM fashion. Um, I also want to applaud for their launch. The Whoever set that up, whoever at Capitol set that up, did a great job because the guy who interviewed them, he was really good at his job. Their translators, they were working overtime because Kai, I never knew he had it in him, but that boy talk, he can talk. <laughs> He can tell you a story and then a few more stories and they were keeping up with him. And I just thought the entire execution of it, given that it seemed so short notice or like a short period of time, the entire execution of this launch and this debut was actually done pretty well, given how much time they had to do it. So I want to apply SM and Capitol Records, which is not something that I thought I would ever say. Uh, Y'all know how I am about companies and, and, and corporations. I don't usually do that, but I like to applaud them for being able to prepare them as well as they could in this short um, amount of time. Because like I said, it's not easy. Nat, like, have you ever tried to like read in another language, like seamlessly in front of hundreds of people? <laughs> I can say that I have not. <laughs> and even just reading like Hangul and stuff like that, it's like, I can read it, but pronunciation is probably crappy I don't know what the hell I'm saying half of the time so mm -hmm. it's like no <laughs> yeah and, and that's so interesting definitely not because if, like the aunties were saying well they were reading off of a prompter well here's the thing even though they were you can clearly tell that at some parts they probably didn't know what they were saying because I, your body language usually matches or like even your tone matches what you're saying you know yeah. what I mean so if I'm trying to put emphasis on something or if I'm saying like what's up and I'm trying to be excited about it or whatever your your words usually match your tone and your body language and they matched for the most part so even if they did have to rehearse it and memorize it in korean and english they an attempt was made and that's yeah. the fact of the matter and i feel like i you know there's this whole thing about should korean idols have to learn english or should it be um, important to learn english when they are promoting in america i think SM is a, a really different, I mean, SM, Super M is a really different case where they're kind of specifically targeted towards the U.S. So yeah. it's in their favor to learn English for promotion purposes. Some groups is a little bit different, like BTS, where they're not really targeted towards the the, the West, but they're clearly trying to make steps in that direction. Yeah. Um, and then. That, yeah, I think. Go ahead. I don't know. Like, I feel like 
English speakers are so lazy and so entitled. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of have to learn English or at least like learn conversational English in the same way. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people here, like they're straight up like, look, if you're not going to say it in, in a language that I can understand, I don't I don't want it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, obviously that's steeped in like, you know, Western privilege and all that other stuff. So I do think that you do need to like have some English like conversational English skills anyways. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that. And I yeah. also feel like in addition to that, I was actually, I'm a huge linguistics nerd. I'm a huge language nerd. Um, but I was watching a YouTube video from a huge linguistics YouTuber and he was talking about um, the globalization of the English language basically. And the fact of the matter is we can't really change it, but English is a lingua franca. So it's just, it's a language that basically you can't avoid it. It's going to be everywhere. That's why it doesn't matter what city you go. The benefit of being an English speaker is that you can have somebody who speaks like Gujarati and somebody who speaks Spanish, like in those, and, and if they both like talk to each other, they will talk, speak to each other in English, right? That's like a common thing. That's like not uncommon, at least where I'm from. As somebody, like I have traveled to like countries that are not like English dominated countries. And let me tell you about how, like when I went to Korea, I was like, oh, I'm going to get to practice my Hangul. This is going to be great. <laughs> I, everybody spoke English or some form of English. Like it was <laughs> it's completely unnecessary. A lot of people say, well, if you are American, you don't have to learn learn Korean to go promote in Korea, which I think, the, like, I just want to give an example, right? Yeah. And I'm going to use Michael Jackson for this example, because it, it wasn't Korean, but um, he did speak some Korean on his tour when he went to Seoul. But I will say that he had, like, versions of his songs that were, for example, Spanish or French. Like, it wasn't like he just completely neglected to have other languages, like, like his songs distributed in other languages that's not the case and many artists make that decision and you can also look to like for example the black panther promotions they had they shot in south korea and therefore the actors promotions in south korea um and so while i think and you also have to understand like we just said english is a lingua franca so it's a little bit different from korean where korean literally outside of south korea and north korea even in North Korea, they're not speaking the same. It's a different type of way. Language. It's yeah, yeah, it's very it's it's more old timey from what I hear, it from what is, I understand. Yes, it hasn't evolved in the same way. Right. Whereas South Korea, they have a ton of loan words. There's certain sentences you can't even say in Korean without using English or Italian or other languages because they have or Japanese is a big one because they have so many loan words. Or Chinese. Um, or I mean, Chinese. Counts in Chinese. <laughs> like, I, exactly. So, yeah. They you, yeah. you have they literally use two different number systems, and one of them is Chinese. So, and a lot of Korean verbs come from Chinese. Like, it, it's not like it, it's not like it's a language that's completely isolated. You know what I mean? And then it's not like a language like Mandarin, where billions of people speak it. It's like a small minority of the world population. So I can kind of understand if a Japanese artist doesn't learn Korean. Right. Not yeah. saying it's a, a good thing or a bad thing. I just can kind of understand it. Whereas with English being so integral to uh, lots of global, like global commerce, I'm not saying you have to learn English at all. I'm just saying that I can see how I can benefit you in a lot of ways. Oh, and you can't be mad if 
Monster X and Super M are doing their thing and they're doing English promotions and they are having songs in English and they're really being successful in charting and you're not if because you didn't you want you didn't make that decision you can't exactly. necessarily be mad at them for and call them sellouts they're not and then on top of that too they have members who aren't even Korean who are fluent in Hangul so right <laughs> like like <laughs> for example Lucas had to learn Korean yeah. That's not his first language. I mean, I mean, even Jackson, we clown Jackson all we want, but Jackson had to learn Korean. Yeah, <laughs> so and, and the crazy thing is, Koreans clown Jackson for his yeah. Korean. <laughs> like, it, it, so it's like, I, I just don't get this because it's like, they had to learn Korean to go and be K-pop stars, specifically NCT members, lots of NCT members oh, had yeah. to learn Korean. I mean, you've got some from North America, Japan, China. They have a whole Chinese unit who had to learn Korean. And people don't want to talk about that. But I think that it's an important conversation to have specifically around Super N because a lot of people are against this group, calling them basically sellouts. And a lot of people that are calling them sellouts, I'm going to take a wild guess who, who these, <laughs> this, which fandom this is calling, this is that are calling them sellouts. Okay. You can just take a wild guess. Oh my God, this just gives me so many thoughts about like so many different things about how um, there's this like effort to completely shut out anything super related on Twitter. And I'm not just saying it's just one particular fandom. I think this is a lot of people doing this. Um, there's this effort to shut them out. I don't know if you've seen, but oh. there was um, these lists going around that were like rules about Super M's debut. Like block any account that's talking about them. Don't mention them, save receipts about them. Yeah, people who are talking about them. Yeah, like boycott anything. Don't engage. Like it was serious. It like at that point, that's cultish to me. That's you're you're a cult. You're not a fandom. But um, and I don't know if you noticed, but I was kind of following the trends when Super M on, on Friday, and um, Super M did not. I mean, they trended, but they didn't. I don't think ever reached the number one trend in the U.S. Now, yeah, which I is really that. interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting to me because not only was their promotion campaign huge, but also um, all week they the other trends have been popping up. They were like irrelevant, like and then Super M was completely shut out. And I was like, that's just really weird to me, like because Super M is actively promoting. Yeah, and and I think it's telling that if you if you are watching their YouTube views, they have pretty decent YouTube views. But yeah. if you look at the reactions, the big like reactors are completely shutting them out, or they're saying they're not that good. Like it's like very strategic. And I'm like, you know, I wanted to say this, and I know this is gonna be a little bit hot. This is crabs in a barrel to me. This is yeah. crabs in a barrel through and through. You do realize that multiple Asians can be popular at once, right? Right. If the music is there, are really strange about like you could only like you have to be a pure fan in some ways. For it's like, what does that even mean? Like, what? <laughs> what like, yeah. It, like, like it honestly so all sounds like white supremacy to me. Every time I hear stuff like that, I just like, yeah. you know what? Like, <laughs> like just keep it to yourself because like if I want to like different groups different sounds different companies like i'm gonna do it i don't give a crap like what people are gonna yeah. say but i did notice that um there was a lot also like some infighting in um like the exo versus like yeah NCT. it's mostly exo yeah 
I don't get that either. I'm like, they're they're getting along, you know, like this is good for all of them. Like, why are you guys fighting? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure right. it's nonsense. I'm sure it's nonsense, but <laughs> Oh, it's definitely nonsense. I that's and you know, just to kind of transition on onto that, yeah. that's a huge part too. That's a huge thing too, where I, I don't understand it at all. I mean, <laughs> to, this is how I looked at Super N. Mm-hmm. I was like, the moment I knew from the moment that they announced this group that they were probably going to do like an, like whatever their album was going to be, it was going to be a taste of every group. I kind of knew that was going to happen. Yeah. And then I just look at the fan chant for Jopping and it's it literally screams all of the group names in the fan chant. And I said, if anything, what this is going to do is it's taking the strongest suits of each group or the strongest suits that are still currently in each group. A lot of people are discovering these other groups through Super M. So if you are a fan of EXO and you go into it thinking, I hate NCT, but then you hear some of these tracks, and you're like, oh, wait, hold up, Mark? Or if you're a Tayman stand and you're going, oh, is that Baekhyun? Because that's what happened to me. So I went in this being like, I'm here for Tayman. Like, Shawls are super laid back. So for the most part, I mean, there are some, you know, that they, they go in for Tayman and they leave and going like, oh, Baekhyun, he can blow he, a little bit. You know what I mean? This 10 boy, even though I already love 10, a lot of them are going, oh, 10, you know, clearly Damon likes them. So maybe I should like them. That's how some people's logic logic is, especially with like them showing how close they are and like their relationships that they've been doing with their like their IG lives, which I think is a very smart. important marketing move. So smart. Super smart marketing move. Like y- notice that it's not Live; It's Instagram live. Yes. It's They're more smart. accessible. But I-, I just think that the infighting is dumb. I think that SM is very smart. They're making money moves. I'm probably going to change our um, Twitter, (laughs) our Twitter profile picture to that picture of Lee Suman with all the cash tucked into his suit. (laughs) (laughs) Smart. (laughs) Very smart. I just don't understand why this didn't happen sooner. Great album. Great performances. It can be better. Obviously, anything can improve, though. Anything, Even Shiny can improve. So... It can be better, but it's all great. Um, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Are you looking forward to it? I am. I want to see lives of all my favorite songs. So I am definitely looking forward to yes. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I should have. If I, you know, if if anybody who's listening goes to the concert, feel free to at us with your concert videos. And like, I know y'all love to like put fan cams under replies and stuff like that. Feel free to put super in fan cams. We want to, we want to see what they're capable of in performances. Feel free to like, you know, reach out to us and tell us your thoughts about super M, your thoughts about the mini. We really want to have a discussion. We love talking about music. We love talking about K-pop because if we did it, we wouldn't have talked today for over two hours. Um, <laughs> we like mini. <laughs> oh, I know. Only we could do. Only shoot. It, only I, me and you. I think me and you really <laughs> like be talking a lot. So, um, just feel free to really just at us, guys. Um, we look forward to hearing from you guys. We want to know your favorite song on the mini. We want to know what your favorite thing was was about dropping, or your least favorite thing about dropping. Same thing about Super M. We want to know all of your thoughts on anything that we discussed today honestly it'll be interesting to see what other people have to think and what they have to say about it um and i think with that said nat you wanna (laughs) you got any shout outs uh i want to do a shout out or any last words how about that any last Uh, words before the shout outs (laughs) 
No, I honestly, like, I feel like we have discussed thoroughly <laughs> uh, the job <laughs> uh, and, you know, some adjacent opinions on that. Uh, and if you were offended in any way, I apologize. Um, I didn't mean to hurt anyone's feelings with what I assume uh, to be the truth. Uh, so I just want to say that uh, thank you for listening and definitely give the mini a try and let us know your favorite songs or rank it, rank the top five. So we can see if everybody mm-hmm. has the same, you know, fantastic taste that we have <laughs> with the top two. <laughs> uh, right. And uh, yeah, I don't really have any shout outs. Uh, yeah. So I'm just going to say watch Queendom. That's it. What about you, Jimin? Yes. So um, I, I have the same sentiments as Nat in regards to what we talked about today. Um, I want to thank everybody once again for tuning in. Feel free to interact with us, engage with us. You can find us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at not your average netizen spelled N O T A B E R A G E N E T I Z E N S. Yeah, that is very long, but <laughs> very I, think, long. I think I think Nyan netizens netizens was taken, and that's why yes. we used the full name. Um, <laughs> You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on um, the the Bird app um, at Nyan Netizens, spelled N Y N E T I Z E N S. You can also find us on YouTube at Not Your Average Netizens. We we're going to be posting more things there. We definitely have something. I think we have music video reactions that we need to post on there coming up. Um, and we also do live streams, so you might get hit the notification bell, the subscribe button, so that you can become aware of when we're going to be live streaming. And you can also email us, <laughs> email us at notyouraveragecitizens at gmail.com. Um, we love to hear your thoughts and opinions on anything. If you would like to have us say something on the show or talk about something on the show, um, or if you just want to talk to us about your comments, concerns, grievances, anything, uh, you can hit us there. So yeah, once again, thank you guys for listening. Shout outs to Nat and Jay, who were not able to be here, but we're here in spirit. Oh, you mean Ash um, and Jay? <laughs> yes, and the Ash and Jay. Yeah. Ash and Jay. Nat was definitely here and not in spirit. Uh, that would be very creepy if I was talking to her ghost. Yes, it would I be. I would have a lot of questions. Um, Why is my ghost talking about jobbing? It could be doing so many other things. <laughs> um, shout outs to, um, I think that's the main things that I want to shout out. is just our other podcasters and all of our collaborators, everybody who is instrumental in making Not Your Average Medicines happen. We just want to shout out to those guys as well. And I want to do a quick mini shout out, which is to something totally unrelated. It's the 20th anniversary of Roswell, uh, (laughs) the TV show uh, from WB. And it's actually one of my favorite shows of all time. So I'm going to say shout out to them because I love that show so much. Shout outs to both the show Roswell and also the Roswell incident. Um, Yes. Yes. You know what? (laughs) dropping it's it's totally dropping it's dropping shout out to her shout out to her uh just because um we love aliens and they are real yes so if uh you don't believe that aliens exist then uh sucks for you because you don't know the truth of the universe so all right guys we are out of here for today awesome okay 
Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks.